All right, welcome to another edition of the KLKI the podcast. Uh, we don't have Olivia with us today; she's out sick. So we have our producer Bruno, who's filling in for her. Bruno, he used to be my editor at the KLKI, but now I am on a different team. Uh, we have a guest this week, Professor Mason Allred. He teaches communications and he does a lot of stuff with film and movies and all of that sort of stuff. So we'll turn over to Bruno and go from there. Thanks for having me on, man. Feels good to be back here, not actually in the booth over there. Uh, Brother Albright, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, yeah. Grateful to be here. Happy to be hanging out with you guys for the day. Um, yeah, how far back do you go is always the question on this kind of a thing. Whatever you want. Um, the day you were born, I guess. Yeah, the <laughs> day I was born. Not much memory of that. But uh, <laughs> no, uh, I guess just kind of the main things that have shaped who I am and have got me here today, I guess, is maybe important for the background. But um, So I mostly grew up in Las Vegas. I was really actually born in southern Utah. My wife was born in, like, Huntington Beach. Oh, sweet. And then we both, our families had moved to Las Vegas by the time we were in, like, high school. So we both went to high school there in Las Vegas. Um, then we came here. We met after my mission. I served a mission in Germany, in the Frankfurt, Germany mission. Uh, and then we met in Las Vegas as I came home. She was home for the summer. Met, got married, like, a year later. And then we came out here as students. So we were here for the first four years of our marriage. Had two babies here in TVA. Ooh. Like, loved our time here students. We just absolutely loved it. I was super sad to leave. Except that I was excited because we were going to grad school. So we left here and I'd already applied and gotten accepted to Berkeley. So we knew where we were going. We took off to grad school and we were there in the Bay Area for like a long time. <laughs> I was just enjoying grad school, like not even trying to rush it. Um, so I did a master's and a PhD there. It was in a German department where I was able to focus on film and media studies. There was a scholar there that I really wanted to work with. I knew that coming out of my undergrad here. I'd read his books. And so it had worked out that he had done some of like the, just I thought the greatest stuff with German films specifically. So I was trying to find a way to bring what I'd been learning in classes here with stuff I was interested in for my mission and the language. So that worked out in grad school. So I mostly focused on German film and wrote my dissertation on that. And that took us to... We went back to Berlin for a year on a Fulbright grant to do research on some archival German films that you could only see there. So we took the kids and lived there for a year, you know, threw them in the public schools, got them to speak the language. I worked on my dissertation, went back to Berkeley. I taught there for a couple of years. And then actually out of grad school, I was done. I took a job uh, at the Joseph Smith Papers the church. So I worked there as a church historian. I've always had an interest in the history of the church. And... Uh, and then after three years of that, uh, I applied for this position here in communication, media studies. And so now I'm here. And this is only my second year. So I'm loving it. Excited to be back. It was actually always my hope that I would someday come back and teach here. I just kind of mm -hmm. envisioned it later mm -hmm. in my career, but I'm like so happy to be here now. I, I love this school. And like I said, I was kind of like acculturated like invited into the world of of a cat of the academy and kind of thinking and reading and loving it here so to come back and now like teach the things that i fell in love with that got me into it in the first place is like so satisfying so that's yeah that's pretty much it so my wife's erica and uh, we have three kids now we had one more in berkeley so two girls and a boy and they're in you know let and kuhuku here and yeah we're loving it awesome speaking of movies what have you watched recently <sighs> That stands out to you that maybe some of the community members can go out and watch and enjoy? 
Uh, yeah, I think there's been some great movies recently. I'm trying to think what I would suggest to just anybody go watch. Well, right off the bat, just like anybody could go see and anybody should be able to like fall in love with is Little Women. Yeah, I think yeah, Greta, I that. Greta Gerwig is pretty amazing. Her and Noah Baumbach are like as a team, it'd be great to see them do some more work together. But Little Women, I was so impressed because you know, I was fairly excited because I love all the actors and I think Greta Gerwig's got a lot of potential. But I was like surprised how emotionally taken in I was, like the reaction I had to it. I, I kind of love it when a film can get a cynic like myself to cry <laughs> or to feel something. Yeah. So it's sometimes in cinema that I feel most alive because it can really draw out emotions. And I was really impressed with the way that movie was able to get me to just like smile and cry and to not feel ashamed of it. Like it wasn't, it didn't feel sentimental, but it was so beautifully done that I fell in love with it. So I, I think it's a great experience just watching that movie and seeing how she's chopped it up and it still works. So for a modern audience, I think it's, I think it's great. That's the one off the top of my head that I think is really definitely worth. Yeah. Little seeing. women, it resonated with me personally because of like the siblings aspect yeah. of it. I'm the oldest of four. So it reminds me of my relationship, with my brothers, my sister and the fights and the laughs that we had. Yeah. And it was also a very pretty movie too. Absolutely. Yeah. Visually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's true. Did you watch that movie? Yeah, I've actually not seen Little Woman, but I've heard <laughs> I've heard a lot of good things about it. I've heard, well, my parents went out to see it and they Facetimed me and they were like, "Oh, we love the movie so much; it was so good." And I said, "Cool, maybe I'll watch it one day." But I still haven't yet. I guess the real question is: Has you heard? Any, have you heard anybody who didn't like it? There's got to be some haters out know. there, but I just felt like it was so generally appealing to like anybody that's mm-hmm. human. That uh, you would just love it. It just it's got some just great scenes in it, and yeah, those I mean those actors you get together, think about it. Even just these sisters like Saoirse Ronan, Florence Pugh right now, who's just like mesmerizing yeah. to watch mm-hmm. act right now. Wow, um, and then Emma Watson of course, like so this, and Meryl Streep, Laura Dern, like come on, and then Timothy Chalamet. I, I was just it was actually just a joy to sit back and watch people who are so good in their craft just performing at that level, the direction and the acting. So, yeah, I think that was a really great one. What was his name? The dad? He's in Better Call Saul. Bob Odenkirk. Oh, Bob Odenkirk, yeah, yeah. I thought it was That's a funny right. surprise that yeah, he was the father. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so used to Saul. watching him in, like, these crazy movies <laughs> and TV shows. And yeah. he comes out as, like, this sweet old man from the Civil War, and it's like, oh, it's Bob Odenkirk. That's, That's pretty nice. Yeah. Nice surprise. Yeah, so that one just for like, you know, just good story. There's nothing too radical about it. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it's it's kind of a non-linear editing, which is nice, but nothing too radical, but just a really well-crafted film with great acting. That was really impressive, yeah. Awesome. What would you say, do you have a sort of a favorite genre of films, movies? What I'm just sort of drawn to? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I try to be open to all genres. Mm-hmm. Um but there's a few that I'm not drawn to. Like, honestly, horror is not my thing. I, I'm surprised how creeped out and scared I still get, even with my kind of analytical background and knowing what they're doing and how they're doing it. Uh-huh. It still just sticks with me and gets under my skin in ways that are sometimes, like, really productive. It gets me thinking. In some ways, I'm just like, I just want to turn that off and not, like, yeah. turn it off in my brain. Uh-huh. Um, so I would say I'm more drawn to probably drama. I really tend to like drama. I like to see reality kind of chopped up and redone in ways that, that help me rethink like how I live my life and what I'm doing and drama tends to lend itself to that. Um, I do also think that um, sophisticated comedies are really great. I'll get into some action sometimes, but even that is more of like a nostalgic thing. Like I'd rather watch cheesy 80s action than some uh-huh. of the 
modern ones, even though there's great ones out there. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm really pretty open. I just take what I think looks like some of the best stuff being created or people at the top of their game, and I'll just watch that. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, I don't, uh, for instance, I don't really like war movies. Like, I'm not mm. big. I'm never, okay. I'm, I would never be like, I feel like watching a war movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But I was blown away by Dunkirk. I think it's technically just a masterpiece. And then 1917 this year. I mean, the, the Roger Deakins, what he's doing with the camera, it, the way to get a viewer viscerally involved in a war, like that camera work alone is just so beautifully disgusting what's going on, right? But so enthralling and... Uh, Very yeah, personal. Absolutely. It's like a video game, but even more. Like you're so with them. I, it's amazing. I just, I'm I love getting, it. I'm getting chills because I just saw 1917. Yeah. And the camera work is just amazing. You just, you just get so sucked into that world of yeah. World War One and the trenches with the, the two characters. Right. And if you've ever tried to teach history, trust me, there's some frustration because historians love to like hate on movies for being mm-hmm. inaccurate. Mm-hmm. But there's some things that camera just did that you will never be able to teach in a history class. And as soon as the camera pops up over the trenches and you follow those two guys and they're crawling, like an army crawling, and the camera's army crawling with them, I'm like, this is amazing what you can actually do so movies like that um excite me because i feel like cinema is not dead like it continues to reinvent itself in really amazing ways and i don't always see that with some of the most popular movies but if you find the ones that are well put together i just i'm really excited for where it's headed i have a question about that a lot of people probably me probably just me believe that movies are going towards more like star wars and marvel for people not looking for that where do you think we can look two like specific studios or directors yeah that's a great question because on the one hand i think we should be able to enjoy some of those big blockbuster popcorn movies for sure like thanks steven spielberg we all love jaws and everything after right like there is a general trend there towards that huge budget huge bottom line those can be super fun star Mm -hmm. wars titanic avatar the marvel cinematic universe for sure but um those will be thrown at you. The marketing budget is so huge on those, you have to work to not watch those, basically. Makes right? sense. Mm-hmm. So to look for ones outside of that box, I think is a really uh, important pursuit for all of us. Um, and what it actually takes nowadays, I think, is a little bit of searching on the internet, pulling together some lists, and being a little bit more deliberate about your watching. So I will actually like make a list of from based on reviews or conversations I've had of what I want to watch. So I'm not just passively watching what comes my way i seek out basically like it's kind of like seeking out of the best books right i seek out of the best films what i think will be important things to learn or experience so i'll make lists and then i'll try to uh zero in on where those are available sometimes amazon prime does a pretty good job of picking up indie flicks um netflix will get some late but i think they're less interested in that and then just throwing their creations at you um sometimes hbo will pick up some um, and then as individual films, you can buy them and rent them, obviously, through other streaming and rental services. But you have to have your radar open to foreign films. For right? sure. Yeah. And to some of these studios that are more interested in picking up stuff from the, the film festival circuit. So sometimes even looking at the results of film festivals. I think even like the Cannes Film Festival results, the, like the Palme d'Or is often more telling than the Academy Awards, even though everyone will watch that for best picture, right? Mm-hmm. So being a little bit clued into those things, which is easier now than ever before with the internet, can be really helpful. But there's studios who are deliberate. I mean, like A24 just keeps releasing, or at least distributing, if they didn't get to it in the forefront, um, amazing stuff. 
as soon as that logo comes up, you should be excited. <laughs> Chills like oh, something. Yeah, something's probably about to happen that might break your mind in a good way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> something that's helped me look for movies outside of the box, as we just said, would be like podcasts. Yeah, A twenty four has a fantastic podcast yeah. to get. Noah Baumbach, they got yeah. Martin Scorsese, and they they talk about what they're watching, and it's kind of like, oh, I wonder what they're watching, what's making them interested. Yeah, that's a great point. There's all kinds of great podcasts. Um, BFI has one too. Oh, you cool. get these like film spotting guys, or um, what's the Remember This one, where she does kind of film history. There's all kinds. Of, I agree. There's all kinds of great ones, and I'll even do the same kind of thing with YouTube videos. There's so many interviews now with directors and actors talking about their influences and what they watch that I let that inspire me too. That's a great plug for podcasts too. Yeah. I think for me, well, speaking of podcasts first, there's a podcast that I love. Um, shoot. The Jesenlik and Rosenthal, uh, vanity project to have this segment and they always recommend books, movies, TV shows. And it's always stuff that I might not have heard of before. And it's, it's they're um, a comedian and a writer and so they always, you know, they'll put out stuff that's good and that kind of inspires them to create more um, of their own content. But for me, uh, when I look for movies, the thing that always helps me find movies that are sort of like not the mainstream, like Marvel, Star Wars, whatever, is whenever I go to the theater and I see the trailers beforehand. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll, that's where I heard of um, what, 1917, um, Uncut Gems, um, is, is from, you know, is from watching trailers at the theater because you know you're just on youtube on instagram whatever you you just see the the big the flashy mm-hmm. but not so much these less popular ones that you yeah see. that's a good point i'm actually pretty fascinated nowadays with in kind of a media study sense of how much we need to m- make lists and like mm-hmm. top tens and stuff because there's <laughs> yeah. so much out there so as you say like all these podcasts and some i haven't even listened to and even them recommending things on top of themselves and then it can go beyond there and then it's just a chain right so there's so much good stuff to watch as is there there's so many good podcasts to listen to we have to resort to creating curated lists because we can't handle all of the influx of data just can't deal with it so i I just think it's so fascinating now we need these lists and i i must admit i too am very influenced by rotten tomatoes or some of my favorite reviewers and critics and lists that pop up and i create my own lists it's so funny because you have to be focused, but I always kind of second guess myself, like, what am I tuning out by uh-huh. focusing on these ones? Mm-hmm. And it's always a difficulty, but I still believe in them. I think lists are important. You got to make them and you got to find good ones, but it's just yeah. a funny situation we find ourselves in. We have like an embarrassment of great media. And so you got to make lists to not waste your time on the junky stuff and get to the really good stuff. I have a question for you. The other day, my fiance said she was in your class, and I and then <laughs> last semester when I was in your class, I had this, I had the same question, but it came up again. She said that you mentioned you watched Cheer on Netflix. Yeah. So I was thinking, where do you get the time to do all this? How do you watch all this stuff and listen to all this music? And- yeah, I forget how weird I am in this sense for some people, but um, so let me try to like step back and defamiliarize myself <laughs> with myself. Um, I so you have to understand that when I watch like a movie or a TV show like that. I feel like I'm doing work, like not okay. in the sense it's a chore in the sense, like I feel like I'm doing something good. Like I actually feel like I've accomplished something if I sit down and watch a movie for other people. They feel like, Oh, I just wasted time. Why did I do that? Right. But for me, it's I'm dedicating two hours or whatever to thinking through something, seeing what people are doing, what people are thinking about out there, how they're mediating ideas. Right. So 
it's kind of like a goal that's always on my mind is I try to like watch something every day if possible. Really? Yeah. Wow. I can't always get to it, but um, I try to almost every day watch a movie or watch an episode or at least get a sense of what's out there, read about it, to stay on top of it. But also, um, I I just feel like the way I approach it, for me, it's it's really helpful. It keeps my mind fresh because I have to work through all these different ideas and forms and stuff. Um, so you're staying on top of what's going on, but you're also keeping yourself kind of um, always on your tippy toes of like what to be thinking about and how do, what do I think about that? How do I experience that? All that kind of stuff. So I watch a lot and cheer was amazing. <laughs> I um, saw a little bit. And I thought it was actually kind of fun. Yeah. My wife was a cheerleader in high school, but uh, I told my kids like, Oh, you got to watch this. So amazing what these kids are going through. And mm-hmm. then the ending to that, not to spoil anything, but you couldn't write a better ending to that. It's, it really pays off and it's so amazing. So I was, I was really, uh, I was impressed with how they pulled it off good good uh filmmaking but the elements you could tell were a little bit written to make it work as a nice story arc it was just super fun yeah that was cool so i i do try i keep lists i check things off i keep track of what i watch i take notes sometimes i want to come back to it and think about or use it in class as an example Mm -hmm. i do a lot of that or i'll I'll come back and write a paper on or something Uh uh-huh to me it's like it's like serious business like i really (laughs) love it like i super enjoy it but but i'm doing something like i'm learning and thinking and I'm keeping lists and so I, I try to push myself to watch as much as I possibly can yeah because like last semester I'm like this guy lives on a different plane of thought he's in a different dimension how does he have time to watch and listen to everything <laughs> that I, I thought I was on top of <laughs> it may just be the semblance of that not the reality but I but I honestly try and I love I just think in the human condition right now and it'll probably be different in heaven one day but I think right now as humans in this world the way we live Media is so paramount to what we do. Everything is mediated. Mm-hmm. And so the way we tell stories to ourselves, the way we kind of work through our own you know, fears, anxieties, hopes, dreams, fantasies, all of that takes place through media, whether it's like the simplest thing like language or the most complex thing like a film. Um, we work through these things. So I'm very interested in how we as humans do that. And I try to stay on top of it. I just try to be engaged with it all the time. Because I think it's a really great place where you're never in a comfort zone. You have to keep thinking and seeing new ways of seeing the world and how other people live and how they think. And yeah, I love it. Yeah, I guess one more thought because I think we're running out of time. Yeah. Um, I did this interview with this professor. He retired two years ago. Communication professor. Do you remember who he was? Dan Stout. Yes, Dan Stout. Yeah. He told me dur- during that interview that media especially movies is a good way to introduce more mature topics to children Mm. and he says that he would use rated r films to open up conversations with his children yeah so i thought it was pretty smart way of not making it awkward and like okay let's talk about this and sure so i thought that was pretty cool yeah he's a great guy i really like him and he's really fun to talk to about media because he's up on it too and he's he's a smart guy um yeah i I wouldn't prescribe any blanket statements to anybody, obviously, yeah, sure. but, um, but I think he's really smart. And I think there's ways that you can love your children enough to actually talk about these things. And I remember being a kid when a scene would pop up, whether it was like graphic violence or sex or something where it's super awkward. You're with your parents, like Ugh. no one knows what to do. So maybe you fast forward or you run it, whatever. But I think a really loving parent would, would be very deliberate about that. And maybe mm-hmm. like, you know, prep kids or talk to kids or deal with it in ways that's conversational. And I try to do that in the home as much as I can. Not that I push my kids into like disturbing things or something, but um, we really are trying to cultivate children who can think very deeply about the media they consume. And so sometimes we have these 
you know, I think great conversations about The Bachelor or about the Kardashians or about a really, really great, you know, modern movie that just came out last year by one of the best directors in the world. And we'll have these conversations about what makes it great or what is damaging about that or why that seems off and how you feel and that kind of stuff. I think that type of media literacy is so important. And I think a lot of parents and even viewers don't quite know what to do with that or what it is. Um, but I think it's very valuable and the research shows it's super valuable. Uh, you can deal with more things around you, more of the quote unquote real world out there if you're able to approach it with this kind of a mentality of how to work through it intellectually and, and then make very conscious decisions with your agency of how you're going to live your life in ways where you're not a passive slave to the media you consume. I think that's actually really important. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I guess just to, to, to wrap up, I do remember you talked a lot about that in, in your class. What was it? Com 200. Oh yeah. About how you would always talk to your kids. Like, why do you think that that character just did that? Or what effect do you think that had? Would you do the same thing just to make them think more about it and not just take it on the surface level of, Oh, that just happened. Okay. Move on. Exactly. It's something that I really appreciated that I don't want to like diss my parents or anything. I love them. Um, but you know, like that was something that we never did at home was just like, that's bad. Don't think about it. Or you should do this. It was, there was never like a conversation about, well, let's think about why this happened. So I really appreciated that. I think it's something that I think all of us can learn from, whether we, you know, use that or not, but just to think about the whys. But that being said, I think we're pretty much out of time. Oh, man. But I just want to thank time. you for coming on. Really Absolutely, yeah. It was fun. Fun chat with you guys.